was that 1996? Two, five, six, best friends. <laughs> that wasn't 1996, though. Oh, when was that? That was actually... Nan Nigga actually came out. It had to be 98 or 99 because I had a... I remember I had a car and I rolled up to the parking lot of Renaissance High School. And I remember Shout all the 99 girls was like, yes, Nan Nigga, yes. I remember it specifically. You know what I remember about that song? I was like, Nan, what does that mean? And then uh, I realized it meant like none. Oh, you thought they were referring to the bread that they eat in like uh, India? None. <laughs> none. <laughs> they don't have no oh, bread. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone. My name is Jessica, the African. And I am Elton, the African. And this is an African and a African walk into a bar. And don't be pressed by Nan, nigga. <laughs> oh my god Elton two weeks in a row I'm not gonna say it's a pattern <laughs> but I'm not gonna say it's a pattern but it's I think the the sad part is though <laughs> you know they say it takes 21 days to, to start a habit or something like that yeah um so we were off for about 16 weeks <laughs> so the, I think the only time we can say we have a pattern is we do 16 episodes back to back. So, but let's celebrate the small let's celebrate the small victories. <laughs> Speaking of victories, did you get a chance to watch the Emmys at all? I don't have a TV, so I can't say that I did. But I am an avid user of Instagram, and I did see some things. You saw what you needed to see. You know what they said, though, Jessica? Actually, this was the lowest rated Emmys in history. Oh, really? See what happens yeah, when they, they start w- giving the black folks awards and whatnot? Well, That's well so it shady. tied for the lowest rated. It tied for the lowest rated. But this is the thing. Like, I didn't know Emmys came out this early in the year. I thought they were, like, in... I February. felt like Emmys were closer to the Oscars in February. I think that's yeah, the like, Golden Globes. Because I was thinking about that, too. It's the Golden Globes that are near the Oscars. And SAG. It's the SAG Golden and the Golden Globes and, Globes the other ones, and the Oscars are all together. And apparently Emmys SAG, are now. Golden Globes. Okay. Emmys just a random old Tuesday in September. I feel like it was a random Tuesday in September. I know. It was, like, it's, that's Emmys. so funny because I definitely was like, the Emmys. When I saw like people like Kendrick <laughs> and Anna getting ready, I was like, wait, what? What kind of yeah? So anyway, speaking of Emmys, like and the black people, I I know you were happy. Well, Elton, who are you supporting at the Emmys? Uh, I'm supporting everybody that's black. <laughs> <laughs> Issa Rae continues to just make make me make her my favorite person in the world because that answer it was so just honest what? and it was so true because when we watched the Emmys. We already know white people going to win. <laughs> so why not be excited when black people win? Like, Because a win for them is a win for all of us. Listen. Absolutely. Listen, any positive image of black people on television is great. But I think uh, the one, a lot of history was made during this year's Emmys, Jessica. Was it? The first piece, yes. <laughs> the first piece of history was made by, uh, well, not the first, but history was made by uh, Lena Waithe. Are you familiar with her? I am. Yes, she is the homie out here in LA. And I actually saw her. We were at um a birthday party like on Thursday, right before the Emmys. Mm-hmm. So she uh, you know, we said what's up, you know, she's a great person, but she is actually the first African American to win for comedy writing. Mm. Not just African American woman, not just LBGTQIA person of color. Wait, I'm sorry. She's pause the for the cause. What yes. is the I and the A? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, intersex and uh, Amazonian. I don't know. <laughs> okay, continue. I'm going to Google because we, we could talk about this gender thing later. But um, no, but yeah, she was the first person to win uh, first person of first African-American person to win the award for comedy writing. So I was, like, super excited. Did you actually watch that episode? Oh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, I did. It was really, really good. And, I mean, I love Angela Bassett, so that's all I needed for it to be a success. But, no, it was a really good episode. (laughs) 
Yeah, I because I, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch the second season of Master of None. I it was kind of like I didn't like the first season, so you certainly could. Got, yeah, not that first season kind of wore me out. <laughs> so you just literally just watched the episode just because you? Yes, because I knew that that mm-hmm. episode was nominated for an Emmy, and I was like, let me go see what they're talking about over here. Right, and it was good. I really liked it, and I think that a lot of people that um their coming out stories could mirror something like that. Because mm-hmm. a black, coming out to a black mama. I feel like we should talk about that. Not right now, but one day. That's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. So we'll get to that. And sidebar, the IA and LBTT, LBT, LMNOPQIA uh, <laughs> actually means, I was right. Q means queer. I means intersex. And A means asexual. Now, if I see a march for asexual rights, <laughs> I am fighting everybody. I don't want to have sex with anyone. I'm, therefore, I'm going to march for my right. <laughs> by, by myself. No sex with anybody. Uh, Ooh, Jessica, I'm making mad. Let me stop before we offend somebody. Uh, so, yeah, Lena made history. Guess who else made history? Your homeboy from your favorite show and somebody who is changing the game is Donald Glover. He won two huge awards. First, he was the first African-American to win Best Director for a comedy series. Dope. So, yeah, I don't know which episode he won for. I need to research that. And then oh, he, he also won for won the best BAM episode. Was it called BAM? Remember the one that was they made the commercial oh, and it was like a talk show? Yeah. It was that episode. Oh, Which was really? like my one of my least favorite episodes of the season. By the that way. was one of my favorites. It was just so different. It was very See, different. I I think that I think Jessica, maybe the nuances of good cinematography uh, and directing are lost on cinematography. You. No, I, I, them I, shooting I, people I, sitting on a talk show stage is I, no. I, what what my point is, Jessica, is that like. You had, I feel like you had an issue with the last episode of Insecure too because the structure was a little different. What did the structure throw you off? Was that? Can I just like what I like and not like what I don't like? Is that okay? I just I don't know. I I mean I thought the commercials. It's, it's your, I love world, the commercials. <laughs> I love the commercials. <laughs> like the one commercial that I love was the Swisher commercial, but the Swishers were already empty. <laughs> I love that commercial. <laughs> that. Commercial was the commercials great. were. I like the commercials, but I wasn't feeling the episode. But I think he won for director because when you have to, you because there's two different kind of directors. Like there are directors. My friend James broke this down for me. There's directors that know how to direct people. Like they're really good with people, and they could pull like tension and joy and sorrow out of people. Mm-hmm. And then there are directors that are like more technically and visual sound visual sound so they may be able to say okay i want this kind of uh uh bomb to go off or this kind of whatever to go on off so yeah so what i'm saying no i mean i think like he is amazing at what he does so my Mm -hmm. not loving that episode doesn't take away from the fact that he oh of course not murdering like massacring the game right now i mean every award show he kills it that game is dead. It's in an uproar. <laughs> it's dead. That game is dead and gone. It was obliterated. Did you see his... You see his uh, I liked his style. Mm-hmm. His hair, that old abolitionist haircut. <laughs> <laughs> that old Frederick Douglass, that shit went off. Yes, I loved Frederick his hair. Douglas. I loved his purple suit. It was so suit. royal. The suit. I loved the suit. So royal. Because like, he looked like trash at the last thing he was nominated for. Oh, it was it was at the Golden Globes. and I When think- he had on that leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like he on three's company. Yeah, well, I, I like think that, it but... was it was Gucci. No, what, you know we, that means nothing to us. But uh, also Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. Oh my like, god, you watched This love, Is Us. Okay, I've not watched all as much as I should have, but I love him, love the show. But he also because he was in the um, he was what's his name right? Uh, OJ. He was in the OJ trial yeah. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I love him. I'm super happy that he. I love him. I think he's an amazing he, actor. He is definitely an amazing actor, and they, you know, there was a little bit of a uh, some more thing pieces being wrote written last year because they didn't know how to light him. Oh, okay. 
And I was like, he did be, he was looking like a purple people eater in some of them scenes. <laughs> but they showed, they sure knew how to light him when he won that award. So yeah. I'm really happy for him. He's a standout actor on that show. Like he be acting circles around everybody on that show. Like, yeah. except for the daddy, the guy that plays his daddy. You should watch it though, Jessica. It's very heartwarming. It's very, it's good. It's I feel good. like it's heart wrenching. <laughs> No, I've, I've only cried twice, <laughs> but I cried at the heartwarming parts, not the heart-wrenching oh, parts. Nice. Yes. So, uh, yeah, other than that, though, um, so those are the black people that we care about. Okay. But, <laughs> but you know what else I like, too? Uh, big Little Lies won big. They won for, uh, like, no idea it's so is. good, Jessica. It's with Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman. It's a good show. Like, it's seven... Shake smile. It's seven. Uh, it's seven episodes of the limited series, but it's really, really good. Like it's based on a book. I mean, Zoe Kravitz is in it. She black. I mean, it's not about black or white. I just. <laughs> <laughs> and then Handmaid's Tale one. It's a show on uh, Hulu, and it's adapted from another book. A lot of shows are just adapted from books. So like Big Little Lies was a book. Handmaid's Tale was a book. Because books are um, lit. Everybody should and read. Books literally lit lit because it's literature. Exactly, Look at that. Look at that. The more you know. And my personal favorite, have you ever watched Black Mirror? Yes. Black Mirror. San Junipero one. San Ju- this specifically the episode San Junipero one. Wait, which one was specifically? that? Specifically. That's the one with uh it was Google and Bought the Raw and the girl, they were like in the 80s. And it's the new season. I don't know. You didn't watch it? I don't know. I it's feel like you tried to have me watch it when I was in LA. It's the best episode. My favorite episode is the one where, like, social media actually takes place in real life. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, I forgot the name of it. I don't even but know what you get, who that is, but okay. You get rated. She's the the redhead girl. She is uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Her name is you know Bryce. I love, I love the name Bryce for a girl. Isn't that dope? Her name is Bryce Dallas Howard. Ain't that a dope name for a girl? Yeah, but watch, so yeah, watch, you should definitely watch Big Little Lies. You would definitely like Handmaid's Tale, and you would like San Junipero, Jessica. Okay. I'm your friend. I know you. I know what your eyeballs do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay, cool. So, that's enough with the uh, pop culture stuff. Yeah, because I don't know anything else about Because, first of all, Emmys don't just be popping up on us like that. Right. They drop the Emmys like a mixtape. <laughs> In the thief of the night. They so, did. <laughs> they, the Emmys <laughs> came through like a Beyonce album. <laughs> it did. It was like lemonade. Like, here go Emmys, bitch. But, uh, all right, so go ahead, Jessica, because we're going to keep this show rolling. concise. We're going to roll through. Let's go. So, what are we rolling to next? We're rolling to travel. Hey, travel, travel, travel. We need a travel I'm, theme I'm, song. We need a travel. We're going to get theme songs Can for each part of our show. Can someone send us theme songs, please? Who's a who else here got a little backyard garage band that wants right. to right? Give us a little theme song. Or somebody's a everybody's a rapper now. Well, I don't want to rap. I feel like I want something with like some drums. I want it to have you know a feel of the motherland. You know what I want it to have? What? Speaking of drums, them steel drums. You know those ones they play in the Caribbean. Yes. Them kettle. What do they call steel kettle? Steel I drums. love those steel drums. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Is that what it sounds like? Pretty, give or take. Okay. Give or take an octave. Okay, so travel. Um, so today, because yesterday, Elton um, had me suffering on the phone for two hours and 47 minutes. And we were trying right. to plan our travel for October. And he would not... He just held me hostage, and it brought me a lot of anxiety. (laughs) And so I thought that today it would be really fun to talk about our processes when we plan travel. Um, I travel, (laughs) like, three weeks out of every month at least. Which is... (laughs) Right. So um, (laughs) I spent a lot of my time planning travel, not only for myself, but for private clients as well. So we just wanted to walk you through what that looks like. So I'll start, Elton. Feel free to jump in. Um, Can I just want to make a note that that was the most stressful travel planning. It was so stressful. We were in this bitch weary. <laughs> there were matrices. It was, <laughs> it was so much. But go ahead, Jessica, talk to the people. Right. Hopefully, there's like, so they first won't of all, there's sh- like 
legitimately five or six different tickets to be purchased. Legit. Like, but go ahead. Okay, you start, anyway, start, start it and we'll get to that. So, okay. Was... So, how do I start? So, a lot of people are like, oh, how do you determine where you're going to go next? Whatever. So, for me... It's two things. Either I let the flight deals guide me, you know, like when we went to Morocco, when we went to Brazil, um, a few places where like a flight deal comes through and we're like, hey, let's go. Or I let, um, I sometimes have a desire to go somewhere, which is like October. So I really, really wanted to go to India in October. Um, Well, the Indian subcontinent. So India, Sri Lanka, Nepal, and (laughs) so i think as far as flight deals you definitely should be signed up to the flightdeal.com secret flying and airfare spot if you are not um those are good three ones yes and then when i'm looking for just trips in general i always use google flights even when i see the flight deal stuff i always go to google flights to like map everything yeah. out because I just feel like it's the best system to like see everything visually. So I use Google Flights to pull up the flights that I want. And then I do one of two things. I either go to Chase Rewards, Hey Chase, and I look up the flight there, <laughs> or I go to like just Delta directly because generally I'm I tend to fly Delta. So let's go let's go back a little bit. So uh with the uh flight deal Airfare and what's the other one? What? Secret flying. Yeah. And airfare. So you just get those. So they send you daily um, emails, right? Yes. That is my New York Times in the morning as I (laughs) drink my proverbial coffee. Mm -hmm. I look at those emails. That's good. And then, so then the next process is, okay, if you see something good or maybe something that's not good you'll still go to google flights like mm-hmm. so if i see something good i'm like oh, let me figure out these dates on google flights to see exactly where the deal is now why is google flights better than like kayak or actually going to the website of the actual airline like why don't i just go to delta.com well i think you know google has mastered a lot of things they do a lot of research and they've figured it out but I, rather than going to the individual website, um, the individual uh, airlines, Google Flights is looking across airlines. So I think, to be fair, Kayak is probably comparable. But I, you know, fact of the matter is I trust Google more. So I trust that Google has my best interest at heart <laughs> at all times. Because <laughs> Google is controlling you, girl. That's the problem. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to you, Google. Um, so okay so i think i mean you taught me a lot of <clears throat> sorry you taught me a lot of the things that i know about travel probably everything i know about travel <laughs> from the rooted me, to the tutor so yeah let me get my pat yourself on, on the yeah. back <laughs> but um no so let's talk about the process that we went through yesterday because why was that so hard i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you guys why it's so hard because Jessica, funny enough, likes to fast travel now. It's so weird how we had an episode where Jessica was like, you be traveling too fast. You can't see no country in four days. And that's exactly how you sounded. That was the tone of voice. You can't see no country in four days. So Jessica has fully crossed over to my side. First of all, and I'm not going to even like linger on this, but there's a very clear reason as to why i'm currently engaging in fast travel i won't go into details of that right now that's see i didn't say it that's for a later show but i don't like this shade you're trying to throw my way my dear friend this is not my normal way of living you know that (laughs) sometimes facts are not always shade you know but that's neither here nor there all right so guys uh so as we said jessica has a list of places that I can never travel without her, as well as places that if she goes, I must be right there. I don't know what kind of dictatorship ass friendship this is, but but you're still here. It is so it is what it is. Know. So Jessica wanted to say, oh, we're going to India in October. She said this like a year ago, and <laughs> so I guess we're going to India. But we're also hitting up a place I've always wanted to go is Sri Lanka. Uh. We're also hitting up Nepal, which is another place I wanted to go. And then she's dragging me to Bangladesh, which I have never even... Dragging, kicking, and screaming. 
thought about. But um, I think it was it. W- I think the most excruciating part <laughs> was <laughs> amongst the many was actually picking the flights because absolutely we did. Oh my gosh, we figured out because this is another problem. Like me and Jessica have uh, alliances with two different airlines. So Jessica is all Delta and Sky- all day. And anything Sky Team, right? And I'm all American Airlines, one world. Planning this for a country trip is insane. And I think one of the things that people don't talk about a lot is using multi-city flights as an option. So the flight that I ended up purchasing for this after, I think, two hours on the phone? The flight that I ended (laughs) up purchasing. (laughs) Right. Was um, I ended up doing... Detroit to Colombo, which is the capital of Sri Lanka, and then Delhi to back to Detroit, which ended up sending me saving me three hundred dollars on the round trip flight. But then also I save on all of the internal tickets. So doing multi city tickets is definitely um, a way to sort of not only reduce costs but also save time when you're doing multiple destinations. For sure, like Jessica, because like yesterday was crazy. I. I had heard about multi-city, but I never have purchased a multi-city uh, trip before. So, um, and it wasn't that much of a difference. So, like Jessica said, we're flying, we're doing four different countries. So, you know, the most important part was that we fly into uh, Sri Lanka and we fly out of New Delhi, which is in, in India. And that way we can just fill in the gaps in between. So if we need to buy one-way flights from here to here to here, we can do that. So great Thanks idea, sure, Jessica, bro. and everybody listening, that is a really, really good tip when you want to go see more than one country at one on one excursion. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the challenge with us time and time again is that we are loyal to two different sets of um, airlines. So. This East Coast, West Coast beef. Yes, it is a little. I asked Jessica, was she was she date a guy? If we, she found the perfect guy, it is. She was like, so what airline do you fly? Oh, United only. <laughs> I think that a deal That's breaker. It is. It's definitely a deal breaker. But Jessica, he would be six three, and West African. Oh, okay. I could. I <laughs> I could have that conversation. I could have that conversation. <laughs> I can have that conversation. Okay, so let's, um, you know, we're not trying to give y'all two hours again, but um, just I just want to run through a little bit more about how I plan. So again, like I let flight deals, a lot of times I let them dictate where I'm going. If not, I look at location first and then try to figure out how to save money on flights. Um, I think another thing to consider is like taking advantage of a layover. So sometimes if you can Mm -hmm. get that layover in, that may mean you get an opportunity to visit somewhere that you've never been. Or like in my case, a lot of times it may mean that I'm visiting friends in a city that I visit pretty often, such as Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely a way to, you know, maximize your spending and maximize your time. Um, I think another thing that I consider when planning my trips now is how can I maximize my time in a region? So if I'm traveling for two to three weeks, right. like what what can I see in that entire region? Are there places that I've been wanting to go? Um, you know, like, OK, I knew I wanted to go to India, but then I'm like, uh, yeah, I need to go to Sri Lanka. And oh, my friend lives in Nepal. And Bangladesh so. is right there. So I guess we'll just go to Bangladesh, Bangladesh too. Because right I would never I mean, I go just to fly to Bangladesh <laughs> for any reasons. I would never. Never. Just fly to never. To all our Bangladeshi listeners. No shade. All no shade. one of you. <laughs> if, if that. that. <laughs> and I'm being generous here. Um, so, yeah. So, after I secure my flights, then I kind of decide, all right, what kind of lodging do I want to stay in? Oftentimes, if I'm doing solo travel, I tend to stay in hotels just because I like to have amenities. I like to, you know, go to maybe like a hotel bar or a restaurant, which makes it easier to meet people, some people might like hostels. That's not necessarily my ministry mm-hmm. at this point in life. Um, the bougie ministry? No. Some be, I mean, I stayed in a hostel in Slovenia, which was super dope. But Oh, that's my just gosh. Not, you are so of the people, Jessica. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my You sound like Hillary Clinton. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Shut up. <laughs> 
when I travel with friends, usually we tend to stay in an Airbnb, an Airbnb, and that's generally because we're traveling with like thirty eight thousand people. So Airbnbs <laughs> tend to be more comfortable. Not thirty eight thousand um, people. <laughs> Jk. Hashtag not really. Um. And then, so, okay, what do we have? We have flights, we have accommodations, and then next up is, like, lodging in restaurants. And usually, personally, just because I'm quite busy and I'm always planning different trips, I wait until, like, right before my trip to really figure out, all right, I'm going to, like, now I'm going to Central America. What am I going to do when I get there? I've got no clue, but I'll figure it out, like, a couple days before I go. You better than me. That's the beauty. I just go on yeah. foot. Um, I think the other thing we need to talk about too is um, visas, because you, yeah. you, because um, India is one of those countries you need a visa to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on the big scale, it's I remember the acronym BRIC. So it's like Brazil, Russia, India, and China are the big ones you needed, but then damn near every country in Africa. Well, BRICS is actually an economic thing, an economic term, because those are like the largest of the um, economies in the developing world, if you well, want. Well, thank you, that's too. But that's, yeah, but it also helped me remember and who it, needs it a visa. And it includes S because it includes South Africa. Which you don't need a visa for. You don't. Listen, I'm just trying to give my whole little uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> personal. I just wanted to give that clarification. But some people can remember that brick equals visa. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm with you. <laughs> Jessica, so I actually Jessica have is a matrix. The worst. <laughs> Jessica's doing a yes with a head, like no, like don't. <laughs> Whatever. So actually, Jessica, I'm going to change it up. Everybody remember the acronym CRIB? <laughs> what is that? CRIB is China, Russia, <laughs> India, and Brazil. Okay. <laughs> okay. <I'm being> ass. <laughs> I was just saying, I wouldn't like, I would be doing a disservice. All right, girl, to my come on, let's keep it moving. All right, <laughs> oh. let's go. So shady. These girls are bad. Okay, yeah. So I think, you know, you definitely want to make sure before you go that you check on the countries where you need visas. Mm-hmm. That's important. And obviously, the need for a visa is determined by the passport that you carry. Yes. Indeed. No, okay, um, I think I'm I'm personally done with the travel section here. That is how I plan my trip. That's good. So, guys, we'll hopefully have some really good images from said trip and have a good time. And hopefully, it'd be a f- hopefully we'll talk to you before. Hopefully, we'll have a podcast before then. And hopefully, we're friends after because it'd be a 50-50 chance. Me and Jessica, every trip, we'd be like, so That's is fair. this friendship going to continue? That's <laughs> All right, y'all. Any other questions on planning a trip and tra- planning a... <laughs> Jessica, what was that? I don't know. I just, what I was that know. noise? Go figure. Oh, anyway. Gosh. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, that's enough of planning. Any other questions, hit up Jessica, and she will help you with some travel info. Boom, boom, da, boom. And if guys have any information for us for India, we would definitely appreciate it. India, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and Nepal. Thank you in advance. And also, Belize, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Nicaragua. You old thirsty, just begging for info. Anyway, all right, guys. So we're going to go right on to financial matters, i.e. What does the finance tune sound like? It's like money dropping. And it's like I tell all my hoes, break it up. Break it down. Because you know what rake it up means, right? Like rake up the money from the floor awesome. of the strip club. Yes, you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it would be really cool if then and then it was like, black coins matter. So should we say, I tell all my homes, rake it up. Black coins matter. And if you, all right. Anyway. So guys, today on Black Coins Matter, we're going to get a little controversial-ish, I think. Um, because we're touching on a subject that is very, very emotional and it's actually like a deal breaker for 
a lot of people. I read this article. I saw this article um, the other day that was saying why a $35,000 wedding is the biggest waste of money of your life. And I was... And that's a cheap wedding. That's that <laughs> Right. That's a wedding at somebody's uh, auntie's house. Holiday Inn. At a La Quinta, <laughs> Jessica. At least a La Quinta. Um, so, yeah. So, I was... It made me think about, like, you know what? I'm thinking, like, financially... I have no plans of getting married yet. Um, and funny enough, I used to be a wedding photographer. So, really? yes, that was how I started this whole photography game. So, um, and it's also I started a lot of my travel as well with through weddings and I had a chance to do destination weddings. So, I'm not trying to mess with nobody's money who's in the financial, I mean, in the wedding industry, uh, especially as a vendor. But, you know, I wanted to talk to my friend Jessica about it. And we have four... Uh, big, big, big money uh, things that, you know, we're kind of voting on today. So, Jessica, mm-hmm. let us talk. So, let's start with weddings. Do you think a $35,000 wedding is a good investment or a bad investment? What are your thoughts? I think it's a bad investment. Why so? Um, I just personally, I mean, maybe if I was like super wealthy, I just can't get behind spending 35 grand on a single day for me to tell somebody I love you and I want to be with you forever. That just doesn't make sense in my mind. Um, so what I can do is spend like 10 to 15 grand on a nice little trip, like until my friends come hang out and, you know, let's kick it and like, you know. French Polynesia or whatever, <laughs> but to just like pay $35,000 so somebody can eat steak and salmon at like a hall <laughs> in, I don't even care, some random city in New Jersey, like that's just not, that's not really my speed. <laughs> in, I just have better things Jersey, to do with my money. Halls in New Jersey. Uh, well, Jessica, I, w- I would play advocate because, you know, a wedding for some... A lot of times it's non-negotiable with families because I know people like your grandma only got two years left on this earth. She wants to see her baby walk down the aisle like and a lot of times it's our emotional or sentimental minds overtake a lot of our logical, rational and financial minds when it comes to weddings. What completely agree. Nothing takes over my rational mind, though. So you're, what are you, a, a Klingon girl? You just a robot? Yes. How'd you oh, know? yes. Oh you just God. can't do it. Because let me tell you about weddings. My sister mm-hmm. got married in 2003. She had 350 guests at her wedding and people who weren't invited at the door that we turned away. For what? And her wedding. Not to put her business out there, but it costs more than what we're discussing right now in 2003. Yeah. So I just don't think, I don't know. And I mean, like a lot of it was like family friends and it was pressure. Like her wedding party had 22 people in it. What are you talking about? I I mean, if I had a wedding. 22 people? I mean, if I had a wedding. Jessica, you know if I got married, it would be (laughs) 75. I would literally not have, I could not have any groomsmen because I would either have none or 27. <laughs> yeah, I like when, if and when I find the person that I'm going to partner with, and if we're like, okay, we're going to like partner for and tell people about it. The white it. man that you marry? Whomever <laughs> he may be. Um, I'm just going to tell my friends, like, hey guys, I'm going to be in Mauritius for these five days. You should definitely come and hang out. That's it. That's dope. That's dope. A lot of people don't have that luxury, and I know a lot of our listeners uh, are have either gotten married, and some some people think it's worth it, and I I can say I can say it very much is. So what I'll say is that on this particular um on this big ticket item on this big ticket item, I can say I'm gonna go ahead and say whew, I'm gonna say it's a waste. Me too. I'm gonna I say wish there it's was a like waste. a little thing I could and, hit. And the only reason I'm going to say it's a waste, because I understand sentimental and, uh, you know, all those kind of things that are important. But 
one couple that I shot, they were, I shot their wedding. Just, this was the best wedding in my entire life. They had this big wedding with like 300 people. It was supposed to be in Maryland. Oh, you know I want to know who it is. Yeah. No, you don't know this couple. But they were they were doing okay. 300 people in this big ceremony. It was like getting overboard. And I remember they telling me like, we're at the point now where I don't know a good 30% of the people on this list. This is my mama and his daddy and his auntie and all his other people's friends or whatever. And so who wants that? You know what they did, Jessica? Two months before their wedding was supposed to be, they canceled the whole wedding and did a 15-person destination wedding to St. Lucia. And that was the... Yes, so they canceled the whole wedding. And you know what they did? They spent... Now, you would do this. They spent that $35,000 they were going to spend on the wedding, and they stayed in St. Lucia for 30 days. And each week, they stayed at another five-star resort on St. Lucia and they flew me down there and they got married on like a Tuesday and it was only like really close people there for one week. They spent the rest of the month there alone, but for one week they had maybe 16 people. The best, I, that, I totally the best that. wedding, the best use of whatever budget they had for a wedding in the whole world. So I think it's about priorities mm-hmm. because you're still spending money. But if you play it right, you can use uh, points and miles to cover this whole thing. All types of stuff. So for weddings, guys, me and Jess going to say waste. All right. It's a waste. So number two. Number two is a luxury car. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to skip past this because I already know what Jess is going to say. So, uh, yeah, pretty much, you know, a lot of people are victims of lifestyle inflation. I've talked about lifestyle inflation a ton of time. Lifestyle inflation is when you make more, you spend more. So you know how sometimes people come out with these entry-level jobs, uh, out of college, maybe making, uh, I don't want to put out any salaries because Lord knows, but people come out with entry-level jobs and then, you know, over the course of a career, if you have a good one, it, your salary can double within five to seven years, depending on, you know what I'm saying, depending on how you work. Triple, the sky's the limit. So people oftentimes say, I got this new money, and nothing is faster. The only thing faster than the speed of sound is new money. Because <laughs> new <laughs> money be gone. That is it. So, um, so yeah, I see a lot of people upgrade their cars. They get the Benzes, they get the Benzes, they get the Porsches, they get whatever. And so Jessica is a... $58,000 luxury car worth it. So. Talk to me. I know you want me to say it's a waste straight up. I can't necessarily get on board with that. Wow. So I am from a small town called Detroit, Michigan. Ooh, a tiny blip on the map. Yeah, tiny blip. And I think, like, I love cars. And while I've not owned a car in my adult life, um, (laughs) I want to. And the only cars that I seek to own would be a luxury car, either an Audi R8 or a Tesla Model S. Or that's it. Like, there's nothing. You sound like one of them little hood rats. Oh, he got a Tesla, girl. That's what you sound like. Do hood rats know what Teslas are? Ooh, don't. Don't don't, don't hood rat shame. Let's not do that today. Anyway, so, I mean, I think, like, I think a luxury car, yes. Is it a waste of money? Yeah. But I think, you know, if you have a little little extra disposable income, I won't be mad at you. Okay. I came up with a, before I say it's a waste, I actually am not going to say it's a waste, um, mm-hmm. per se. I have an asterisk next to that. Because I think that um, any car that you buy should be one-fifth of your net worth. Mm-hmm. So if your net worth is $100,000, if your net worth is $20,000, I think you could buy a $4,000 car. If your net worth is $100,000, you could buy a $20,000 car, and so on and so on. But, you know, the one thing that I do see is that millionaires, they buy their cars cash, and they also buy cars that are at least 10 years old. So if you can find a 
a nice luxury car. They buy 10-year-old cars or they just keep their cars for a long time? When they buy cars, they, both. When they, But they usually buy cars cash and keep them for a long time. So just something to think about. I'm going to go ahead and say waste unless you got the coins. Okay, I'm with you. Agree. I think I like the one-fifth of your net worth. Yes. Not income. Not income. Listen, people. Not income. One-fifth of your net worth. Yes. So get on personal capital. Thank put in you. all your accounts and figure out your net worth. Thank and you take twenty one-fifth of that and you, you, you figure it out and you go find you a car. Thank you. So... So we both said waste again? Kind of. There's an asterisk. All right, next up. Uh, The third on our list is a college education. (laughs) Girl, you got about four degrees. Waste. Next. (laughs) All right. So, guys, this is super controversial. I think that... um, Okay, so I went to Florida a I went there on a full scholarship. So luckily for me, I did not have to pay a dime to go to college. Um, I took out, actually, I took out one loan, Jessica, like my senior year, just to have some shit money around. But I took out like maybe $3,000, a $3,000 loan. And I paid that off immediately after college. But um, so I think in this day and age, Jessica... Bruh, I don't know, because a lot of millennials, as you are, um, want to go into fields where they do their own thing. They have options of uh, of being, um, you know, entrepreneurs. They can be entertainers, actors, whatever. And I don't know if that what you study in college is what you're going to do with your life. I know for me, not at all. I went to school for business, and now I'm a photographer. What about you, Jessica? Um, yeah, I think, like, because I think a lot about my unborn children okay. and, like, what I would tell my unborn children. I think, like, I have a lot of student loan debt, and I just, I'm not using my degrees right now. And even, like, when I was in grad school, I went to a great school, but at the end, I was just like, well, okay, this is good fodder for discussion, <laughs> but was this worth the investment? <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I think, but I think you have to know yourself. So like if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you're really intelligent, then you don't necessarily need to finish. I mean, if you look at like a Mark Zuckerberg, Mm -hmm. but if you're not really a hustler, you don't really have original ideas, then college probably does make sense for you, especially if you're interested in like being a lawyer or an engineer or something that does actually require the actual degree. But if you're trying to get into, like, PR or branding and stuff like that, I don't know that it's a good use of money. Yeah, I'm all about doing the work. Like, if you want to get into PR, branding, things of that nature, photography. Like, I never went to school for photography at all. And I know a lot of photographers who didn't. And so you just get out there and do the real world. What I will say is that going to FAMU is the most priceless experience of my entire life. The friends that I made there, the connects, like my whole photography career, honestly, is built on the backs of my relationships with family. Like literally, mm-hmm. like, like for real, like the found. You know, I've, I've since grown, but the foundation is one hundred percent family. So, who? Um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I've loved both of my university experiences, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I don't know. I what don't a, know. I can't say it's the, the way. Yeah, the average college education is about... Try and get a try and get a scholarship. You're right. Try <laughs> to get a scholarship. But the average college education is about 24000 a year. And if you can get financial aid scholarship, just the opportunity to meet people. You can meet your the love of your life. You can meet your business partner. You can meet whoever. Just really strong friends. So I'm going to say get a scholarship, get financial aid, figure it out. Get your company to pay for it, whatever you got to do. Teach for America or whatever you got to do. But I say a college education is definitely worth the money. Hmm. That was a twist. Plot twist. Okay. <laughs> and you say no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. Okay. All right. Last but not least, especially not least, is apartment slash housing. Hmm. So... 
I'm going to just go into the reason why I say it's a waste. I see two different scenarios. Number one is I see uh, I see um, a lot of lifestyle inflation, as I mentioned before. I see a lot of people that live in these big cities and they make more money and they get these fabulous two-bedroom apartments. Like, you just had a roommate and a little twin bed. Now you got this apartment with the doorman and you're spending $5,000 a month on housing, especially apartments. And I personally think it's a waste. And the other thing I see, Jessica, is I have a lot of friends that live in Atlanta and a lot of my friends that live in Atlanta and even some friends that live in D.C., but more so Atlanta, they have these big sprawling, like five bedroom houses with two car garage on three acres and it's a single man. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say around, like, the waste thing. I think in a, in the U.S. in particular, we're taught to just consume, consume, consume. But, like, then you see people who live alone, and they're in, like, a five-bedroom house. Right. I mean, I remember when I bought my first place, um, when I graduated from St. John's, uh, I bought a two-bedroom unit, which was on the waterfront. It was very beautiful, super right. dope, 1,250 square feet. That's then big. almost, yeah. For just me. Right. Now, almost 10 years later, I bought a new place and it's literally half the size. It's 625 square feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine because, I mean, I've reevaluated my needs. Um, and so I think that I think it's not necessarily a waste if you really focus on your needs and not just like buying a lot of house because you can afford it, but really buy what you need. Um, and what, I mean, obviously you want to be comfortable, but you don't, if you're one person, you don't need four bedrooms to be comfortable. You really don't. That's a lie. And it's all about peacocking. I think like, it's like, Oh, for sure. How can I get the bigger house? I think, um, what people need to do and what, you know, I'm going to do, especially living in LA, I I have to rent, you know, I, I, I pretty much have to rent just with the cost of housing out here and the places I would like to stay. But, you know, if, if you have a chance, I would say, if depending on where you live, if you could buy maybe a duplex or a quadplex and live in one of the units, that's a way to really build a lot of passive income. It's a way to, to set, your, set yourself up for generational wealth. Because if you have kids, uh, guess what? Those kids can live there when they go to college or... Whatever you choose to do. So um, I'm going to say that I see a lot of waste happening with housing and apartments. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say if you are a victim of lifestyle inflation and new money, it's a waste. Um, So I won't necessarily say it's a waste. I think like it's definitely a good use of money if you're looking for a home. Because for me, like, me moving to Detroit and buying a place kind of changed my life. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you stay within reason, that it can be um, a good thing. And obviously, like, it's an investment if you're careful about where you are, um, if you're careful about where you're booking or where you're buying, sorry, Mm -hmm. then I think you can make a good decision in terms of turning it into an asset. So... I'm going to go with that. Super cool, guys. Well, that's it for this controversial big ticket item portion of Black Coins Matter. What do you think, Jessica? I like it. Okay. All right, guys. So if you have any other, we want to hear your thoughts on this matter, too. If you agree, disagree, if we missed some good points. And also, if you have some feedback for us. So, Jessica, I am done. All righty. So let's dig into the proverbial mailbag, if you will. <laughs> uh, do you keep everything in a bag? Do you secure the bag? I do secure the bag. What I'm in the process of securing the bag. All right, so we're going to hit. Um, we're gonna we're gonna answer. We're gonna read two emails today. We have one from February 14th. <laughs> Girl, that was <laughs> fair. Fair enough terrible we are awful we are trash but we already know that so all right this is from blake i'm not sure if this is a guy or girl but hey blake so blake says hey guys just wanted to write and say that i love the show jessica is a bit uppity and extra (laughs) 
All right. Gibson, quote, I'm above, end quote, T at times. Okay. But she seems like a fun girl and stuff. I really like the Elton guy. Seems like a sweetheart. I do cringe sometimes when he tips around, tiptoes around just saying he's gay. LOL, it's so obvious. <laughs> Especially on the Jeremy Johnson episode when Jess said he was cute and Elton almost said it as well but caught himself. Living your truth, boo. I saw your Instagram. You're hot. I'm sure guys are begging to slide up in it. Okay. Expand your network by admitting it on the show. Future hubby could be listening. LOL. Quick suggestion. (laughs) This is still not done. Okay. Quick suggestion. Can you guys do a sex in other countries episode? Like, what country have you had the best... Oh my god, I should have read this before I started. <laughs> I love this. Go oh on, Blake. Like, what country have you had the best dick in? Do you think the country influences the sex? That would be so much fun. Great transparent tips on money and travel. Keep up the great work. Best, Blake. Blake, what Well, Blake, <laughs> you better go off. So are we going to talk about you being an uppity bitch or Ooh, me being oh, a closeted homo? <laughs> what are we going to address first? Um, let's address your trapped in the closet homo this as it were. As it were. So, me and Jessica. So, Blake, thank you for the question. Thank you for the kind words and the um, advice on the shade. I want to. You know what? Shade don't even hit me anymore. I'm a bit uppity and extra and above, quote unquote, above everybody. No, quote unquote, above T. I'm not really, you know, whatever. whatever. Anyway, continue. So, uh, we, me and Jessica actually are going to do a whole full, quote unquote, coming out episode because the story well, behind that. I'm out. <laughs> well, first of all, guys, I'm gay. That the sky's blue. Oh my god. <laughs> grass is green and water is wet, so I can say it with no issues. But the journey to get here was so uh, so long and arduous that, you know, it's a lot. It's literally a whole episode. Yeah, we're going to do it soon. Maybe we're going to do it soon. Yeah, we could do it next week. But, guys, yes, I'm gay. And I, I don't think that I – well, maybe do I – I mean, Jessica, I do kind of tiptoe. I just – I kind of – I try to be, like, asexual on the show. Well, I just feel like because I don't, don't talk like don't oh, I be busting out these girls. You don't need to be as explicit with our listeners as you are with me. I would say yes. in the same <laughs> fair in the same way where like I'm you know I'm heterosexual and I'm not super explicit about what I do. So I don't think like just because you're gay you need to be super explicit because I'm not super right. explicit. So right, I I don't. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say like, oh, you're tiptoeing around. No, like not everybody is super open about their sexuality, whether homo or hetero. So, or asexual or whatever. Right. And, and, you know, under the same token, like I may speak to a lot because we don't really talk about relationships a lot here, but if I, I have had several relationships with women, um, in the past, but you know, I may bring that up because it's more relatable, but you know, from from here on forth, <laughs> I will henceforth. I will try to be more open in my uh, sexuality because Jeremy Johnson is fine. Yes, Jeremy Johnson. But is he's fine. not just fine; his whole life is fine. Like his business, his his ambition, everything Jeremy about Johnson, him. Is. If you can hear me, <laughs> we. We can both fight. We can no, just we can both fight. It's like no, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gay. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do a whole show about. It. I don't know what people have to ask. Well, about well, that. okay. Look, guys, <laughs> if you want to know more about Elton's homosexuality, send us an email at africanandafrican at gmail.com. Yes. and we're definitely gonna do the episode next week. So we'll record the episode next Tuesday. I'll be in Guatemala, and we're gonna work it out. Um, you know, God willing, there's strong internet. So (laughs) definitely send us emails if you guys have questions or what you want to know. He'll talk about his journey. We will talk about his coming out story to me, which I think is (laughs) so funny, entertaining. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so thanks, Blake, for um, and and Blake and everybody else listening. I will be very, very open. 
Just FYI. So no question. No question. No question is above be answering. That's what I'll say. Because people need to know. And I I I personally want to be a voice um for the gay community as I go into my, you know, the second part of my life. I, I think life starts after 35. So as I go into my second part of life, like I just really feel Oh, so you that round up be... to 40. Huh? Your age uh-huh. rounds up to 40. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm admitting I'm old. So, but yeah, I just want to be more vocal and, you know, help educate. Because I think, Jessica, you learned a lot about gays through me. Yeah, I could say so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Well, that was fun. All right, and we're going to um, read one more email, which is from more recent times, September 16th. Um, this is Eric. Eric says, hey guys, I love your podcast and I'm extremely happy you're back. My favorite part of the show is the Black Coins Matter section. And this is my question to you, Elton. I remember you Mm -hmm. mentioned in an old episode how much you learned about finance listening to different podcasts. Can you recommend some good ones? Thank thank you guys and keep it up, Eric. Okay, good question. Yes. So I'm a heavy podcast listener and some financial podcasts that I really, really love. Um, I'm going to say the one that I started listening to originally was, um, listen, money matters. Excuse me. So I think like I was looking on Facebook one day and somebody was talking about the Dave Ramsey show. And I was like, I listened to Dave Ramsey's, uh, podcast. It's okay. It's one. I don't really love his philosophies on a lot of things. I don't think they transfer into, um, my life personally. Um, so I ended up just doing some research and I found this one called listen money matters and they were really, really good. Like they had some good tips on just like basic, um, basic financial advice and what to do with savings, how to get more savings and things of that nature. Um, and so from there, I would definitely check that one out. Um, from there, I heard one of their guests, and she was married to a guy that had a podcast, and he does more stuff that's based on um, on real estate. His name is Clayton Morris. He used to be a uh, contributor on Fox News, so we'll let him slide. But, uh, <laughs> but he has one called Investing in Real Estate with Clayton Morris, and he just has some very practical uh, advice for people that want to invest in real estate. The thing I like about him most is that he worked a job for years and started off very small. He bought houses that were super cheap in like BNC class neighborhoods and he turned them into wealthy uh, to generational wealth. So check him out. He has this thing called the freedom number. I think it's one of the, a really good tool for people that want to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, and last but not least is bigger pockets. So I'm still down this real estate uh, investing uh, rabbit hole and -hmm. bigger pockets is by far like the best place you can go to learn about real estate investing. They have a really cool website uh, that has a free version and a paid version. But every week they interview people who went from like ashy to classy, you know, (laughs) just people that like everyday people that, bought their first property and then next thing they know five years later they got 50 and that's so motivating to me because I'm like you know I, I still want to have a career in photography but it would be great to have some really good passive income coming in so those are my three recommendations I hope you learned something from them and I really appreciate that you learn something from us every time we record so Woo-hoo. Okay. that's what I got wow. so go listen to podcasts and learn about your coins because they matter. They do. So, guys, I think we're going to call it a day. Um, I need to go back for two and a half weeks, and I've not started. Um, I promise next week I will tell you how to maintain your black card. Um, but, yeah, I think I got I to gotta skate out of here. We'll, well, we'll say this. The only way you have to maintain your black card again is, I think, Issa Rae. She just is a champion. Champ, champion these black folks. For black people, and I think what she said is, we want to see black people win. Everybody can win; it's great. But my heart smiles a little more when I see black people win. Agreed. And we didn't talk about the recent purchase of Travel Noir. We did But that's 
that could be something else. Jessica, okay. I love you, girl. Love you. Till next All time. All right. Until next time. Toodles. Who know more niggas than me? Who do more killers than me? And way more.